This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 78. It's another beautiful day here, and I'm looking out the window at the sunshine. So that feels great. Hopefully it's sunshiny where you are, and if it isn't, you can think sunshiny thoughts. So today on the podcast, we are going to talk about the thought model, and I want to go through it in a little bit of detail so you can get some ideas about how you can use the model to coach yourself and how we many of us as life coaches use this type of thought model to coach other people. And so the model that I'm going to teach today is a model that was developed by Brooke Castillo, who is my mentor and coach and the person that trained me to be a life coach. And she developed the model to use with her clients in coaching from her work in study with Byron Katie, Eckhart Tolle. It also is a manifestation of cognitive behavioral coaching or cognitive behavioral work. And she kind of developed it into this simple thought model. And you can see many variations of it if you look it up online. But Brooke's variation is very simple and easy to learn and also very easy to manage in coaching ourselves and coaching us through our brain and how to manage our brain. So I want to go through that today and teach you a little bit about how you can use it to coach yourself. And I use this a lot with uh, my coaching. So the first concept of this behavioral model is that every issue that we encounter in our lives can be broken down into these five components. Each component affects the next. So you can write the model in a linear fashion in these five components. You can even write it in a circular fashion, and I've seen it done both ways. So either way, it doesn't really matter, but they all kind of relate back and forth to each other. And if you understand these five things and then identify the problem that you're having, you can decide how each thing fits into this thought model and how to work through it and train your brain, in a sense, to overcome it. So the five components are our circumstances, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and our results. And the way it works is all of our thoughts about our circumstances cause our feelings, which in turn cause our actions and ultimately create the results that we have in our lives. So in order to realize what's happening for you in your brain, in your life, you have to be able to identify which part of the thought model you're living in, which part is affecting the next, because The fact is that every result you have in your life is because of the way you think. And the idea behind this is that all of our circumstances are things that are outside of our control. That would include anything that happens to us, anything that other people do, anything in our past, the weather outside, the fact that something bad happens to you from the outside, anything that you can't control. 
what other people say, what the government does, when there's a virus in the world. These are all circumstances that are beyond your control. And circumstances are simply facts. Now, circumstances, because they are facts, you have to think about them as something that, number one, you can't change. Number two, that you can can actually be proven in a courtroom. And so when you're trying to discern your thoughts from your circumstances, you have to really examine whether the thing that you're focused on is something that you can control, something that you can change with a thought, or something that's a fact, a proven circumstance. So when you say something like, I do not have time to take care of myself, for instance, that is a thought. Because time is the same for all of us. So time is the circumstance. Whether you have time or you don't have time is the thought. It feels like a fact. It feels like you don't have enough time. Because let's say you have to work 15 hours a day and then you have kids and all the things that take up your time. It feels like a fact that you don't have time. But when you really look at it, the only thing that's a fact is the 24-hour day that we all have. That is a fact. That's something that you can prove in a court of law. That is the circumstance. The thought is, I don't have time to exercise or I don't have time to do that. So once you realize what the circumstance is, that is always at the top of your model. That is unchangeable. That is the circumstance. And so when you're thinking about something, you need to try to remember to pull out the facts. So the facts are not what causes our problems. The problems come from the way we think about those facts. And we always give meaning to the circumstance because of the way we think about it. And so therefore, the root cause of all of our issues, all of the things that we struggle with and all of our problems is not the circumstances that happen to us. It's the way we think about the circumstances that happen to us. So if you realize that the way you're thinking is getting you your results, that is how you utilize this thought model to try to change things. Because if you want different results, you need to start learning how to think differently about the things that you have or have not in your life, the actual circumstances. Now, when I talk about circumstances from a veterinary point of view, a good example would be that a client is upset and yelling at you. Now, there's a many, many different ways to think about that, right? The fact is, the circumstances that the client said a specific thing. So just saying that they're angry is not the circumstance. The circumstance is exactly what they said or exactly what they wrote in the review for you. Saying that they're angry is your thought about what they're saying. So if a client is yelling, you may think that that means they're angry, but it doesn't always. The fact that they're yelling may mean that they're frustrated. It may mean that something at home happened. They're not even upset at you, but now they're yelling at you. So if we want to work through a thought model on a client is yelling at us, we have to think of the circumstance as exactly what the client did or exactly what they said. 
So everyone in the practice would agree that this is what happened. If we start to think this client is angry, this client is mean, this client is ugly, or whatever the words are that you're ascribing to the to the things that they're saying, those are all your thoughts about how this client is behaving. So if we want to put this circumstance into this thought model, the circumstance has to be exactly what the client said in order for you to work on it. Because if the client said, I am angry because I had to wait 20 minutes outside in my car and I was hot, that is the fact. They said these words. Now we get to decide how we're going to think about them. So I hope that makes sense. That's how I like to think about it. The circumstance is the fact of what exactly is going on. Now, the next step in the thought model is our thoughts, because whenever something happens, we are going to have a thought about it. Now, it may not be conscious. Remember, we talk about this chihuahua brain that likes to spew all these terrible thoughts at us because it's trying to protect us from the world. Our little amygdala, that chihuahua brain, wants to keep us safe. So it is throwing out all these negative thoughts. So if a client says something angrily to you or mean to you, and the words are, I'm upset because I had to wait 20 minutes in a hot car, you're going to have these initial negative thoughts about it. Oh, Lord, this person's yelling at me. They're upset. They're angry. They're going to leave. They're not going to pay their bill. Whatever your thoughts come up, around what that client said, that's all on you and your brain and your little chihuahua brain. So those thoughts that you think are going to create a feeling in your body. And sometimes it's tension and sometimes it's stress and sometimes it's anger and sometimes it's exasperation because you've already had 16 people tell you that they've waited too long and they're hot in their car. So that is how our thoughts create the feelings that we have in our body. So the feelings are our emotions, and we experience those in our body, and they're directly related to those thoughts that we're thinking. So it could be anger, it could be excitement, it could be sadness. Any of the emotions that we feel are created by the thoughts that we're thinking. Involuntary things like pain, cold, our reflexes, those are not emotions. Those are not feelings, quote unquote. We're talking about emotions, not feelings. So when I say feelings, I'm really talking about emotions. Now, there are studies that show that we could have over 40,000 thoughts a day, and we're not really consciously aware of them. So that is why everything seems so true when your brain is feeding it to you, because these thoughts are just pouring, pouring, pouring out, and they're really hard to sort through. And that is why we need this model. That is why we need to work on our thoughts and work on the fact that we're feeling stressed or whatever it is in order to get ourselves to the point where we can feel better. And that's what this thought model is all about. Oftentimes we get frustrated when we're working with other members of our team because we feel like we're working the hardest and they're not doing anything. And we have this dialogue in our brain that's telling us how bad we have it. And that's those 40,000 thoughts that you have, right? A lot of them are going to be negative. And when you get these thoughts of frustration and overwhelm and anger and stress, it's not about the actual facts. It's about your brain's reaction 
to the perception of what the facts are. So the next step in the thought model is your actions. And your actions are always going to come from your feelings or your emotions. So when you take an action, any action in the world, it's usually because of a way that you're feeling. And that's kind of the order it comes in. Your thoughts, then your feelings, then you take action. So if you're afraid of a client who's upset because they had to wait in a car, your action may be to avoid them. Your action may be to collapse in on yourself and get small. Your action may be to try to get somebody else to take care of it because you don't want to deal with it. So that emotion of fear, that emotion of stress is going to cause your action of avoidance. And I would say that's inaction, but causing that action of not dealing with the situation and allowing that stress to remain in your body. So if you're not taking action to deal with it, you're allowing it to remain. So your actions are directly related to the feelings that you're feeling. An example of this would be, do you ever get anxious or anxiety, stress, whatever it is at work, and you want to go, instead of facing it, you want to go eat a donut. You want to go hide in the bathroom. You want to go do anything but deal with the situation at hand. And so sometimes we'll use things like food to kind of tamp down that emotion that we're feeling. So instead of feeling the fear, we would rather feel the pleasure of eating a donut. So we go and eat a donut and we're not even hungry, but we're trying to avoid that feeling that we're feeling of fear around that client and what they're saying to us. And sometimes with me, if I start feeling anxious about something, I might get louder or I might get snappier. I might get more verbal because I'm a verbal person. And so instead of dealing with the anxiety that I'm feeling in my body, my my actions will be to snap at somebody or to boss somebody around or to tell this person what to do or maybe get short or defensive with the client. And so even though we think we're hiding our stress well, even though we think we're dealing with it because we're not getting snappy, let's say I feel the stress on the inside and I just keep it all in, it's going to show. It's going to show in something that I do, whether I'm going to go eat some candy or eat a donut or whether I'm going to get really quiet. And my team knows that if I get really quiet, I'm not right because that's not normal for me. So that in and of itself is an action, just that pulling in. And then the next part of the thought model is your results. So whenever you take an action, that creates a result in your life. So if I deal with my stress by eating donuts or candy, my result is going to be that I'm going to gain weight and I'm not going to be healthy. I'm not going to have as healthy of a body as I should because I'm dealing with the stress of the situation by covering it up with eating. So my action of eating causes my result of being overweight If the client is upset and needs to talk to somebody in order to get that upset feeling resolved and I avoid it, my result is going to be an upset client because I'm not dealing with it. I'm not dealing with the situation. So my result is an even more upset client because I am avoiding dealing with my fear or my angst about dealing with an upset client by avoiding them. So does it make sense that when you take an action or when you don't take an action, that will cause the result that you have in your life? 
So the way this thought model works is the circumstance is neutral. Your thoughts about the circumstance will cause your feelings, which will then drive those actions that you're taking or inactions, depending on what you're doing. And then that will create your result. So then in essence, your result comes from your thoughts, which seems a little strange. I know at first when you start doing this work, you're going to say, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. But work through anything in your life and really think about it. And the results that you get are always coming from the way you're thinking about something in some way. And so in order to have more power, in order to have better results, you need to get control of your thinking. And I'm making it sound very, very simple. And it isn't that simple because our brain is so complex. It's so hard for us to figure out why we're getting the results we're getting, why we're doing the things we're doing, why we're thinking the way we're thinking. This is actual work. And that's why I love this so much is because this is something you can work on. This is something you can do to help yourself and to create a better life for yourself, create better results. So if I don't want to be overweight, I have to change the way I think about my body. I have to change the way I think about food. I have to change the way I think about circumstances in my life that cause me to feel stress, or I think they cause me stress because of the way I'm thinking about them, that drive me to eat. And so that action that I've related to my stress, that action of eating, is what's causing me to be overweight. And if I can learn to think about stress differently, if I can learn to embrace my stress and just deal with it, then I can avoid the action of overeating. So when we talk about this thought model, a lot of times people say, well, it sounds too easy. I can't do it. It's too hard. I don't know what to do. And the reason that we think the way we think is that our brain has become super efficient at thinking. So no matter how many years you've been alive on this earth, and some of us have been alive longer than others, the longer you have thought the way you have thought, your brain has created this pattern of thinking over and over and over again, and it becomes a belief. And so you think it's a circumstance. You think that the fact that you're overweight is a fact, and it really isn't. The only thing that's a fact is the pounds on the scale. That's a fact. But the way you think about those pounds and the way you think about the things in your life is what you can change. But because our brain is so efficient at creating patterns, it's very, very difficult to change because our brain has gone thinking this way for years and it's very ingrained in there. And so it takes a lot of work to dig through it and dig it out and change it. So if we're going to use this thought model to solve our problems, we have to start from the place of love for our own brain. We have to start from the place of curiosity and understanding and fascination because the tendency that we have when we start to use the thought model to help ourselves is we have a tendency to beat ourselves up. Sure, it sounds easy for that person. Sure, Dr. Capel can figure this out. She's got it all figured out. And, but I don't. I can't. I'm, I am just this way. There's nothing I can do. I can't change my brain. Those are the thoughts that you think that hold you back. So you really have to start from a place of allowing yourself to study yourself, allowing it to be an experiment. I'm going to learn about myself by using this model 
So at some point, maybe I can change what I've been doing and what I've been thinking over the years, but not as a tool to beat yourself up. Because when you're fascinated about your brain, when it's an exercise in understanding, not necessarily changing, that is when you're going to be able to see what your brain's doing to you and then have the power to change it at some point. So the first thing that you're going to want to do if you're starting to coach yourself or you're starting to learn about your brain is try to just look at your thoughts. Don't necessarily judge them. Don't necessarily try to change them because that is something that takes time. Because you're so ingrained in your own brain, everything you think, you are going to think it's a fact. And it really isn't. So the first skill that we have to learn when we're going to use the model to coach ourselves is that there's a story that we have versus the facts of the story. So we all have this life story about ourselves. We all have this narrative in our head that we are a certain way. My narrative would be, I'm not very organized. I'm a little bit scattered. I'm kind of mouthy. I speak before I think. Those are the things that my brain tells me about me. But none of those things are factual. I can say that I have a Myers-Briggs type and that is the character of my personality. That could potentially be a fact, but that's just a way to categorize a personality. So the real fact is, is that I am who I am without judgment. So separating the circumstances or the facts from our thoughts is the first thing that we have to do in order to use this model to help ourselves. So the best example I can think of this is that when someone's pet dies, we have so many clients in our practices and we see them day in and day out. And there's some pets that we really get attached to and some clients that we really get attached to. And so when a pet dies, you could argue that that's a fact, correct? This particular pet died. The thing that makes our thoughts change how we feel about it is we don't ever feel sad until we learn about that patient's death. So one of my patients could have died yesterday, but I didn't know anything about it. And so my thoughts about that patient right now are happy thoughts because I think they're fine and I fix them or whatever my thoughts are. But then when I go to work the next day and I found out that maybe perhaps they passed, they got hit by a car or whatever the circumstance around their death, then I become sad. And the reason I'm sad is not because the pet is dead, because the pet was dead yesterday. The reason that I'm sad is because of the way I think about this pet. And that also explains why some euthanasias hit us harder than others. Some pets' death hit us harder than others. So it's all in the way we think about it. So when we say, I'm very upset, I'm very sad that this pet has passed, then I know that the reason that I'm sad or upset is because the way I think about this pet. I loved this pet. I'm going to miss this pet. I'm going to miss the clients that come in with this pet. Those are all my thoughts. And those things are what's creating my sadness. And it doesn't mean that I don't want to be sad about that. I want to be sad about that. So I'm not going to change my thoughts. If I have guilt feelings about that pet passing because I didn't know or something, I can choose to not feel the guilt by changing my thoughts about it. But if I choose to be sad because I want to be sad about losing a pet, then I can sit with the sadness and not try to avoid it and just try to embrace it as 
normal human emotion. It's the same thing when you say, my job makes me crazy. This job, this job is crazy. It's driving me crazy. It's too busy. It's too this, it's too that. Those are all your thoughts about the job. The job itself is not creating your stress and your anxiety. The way you think about your job and the fact that you're not doing it well because there's so many patients or whatever. The job itself is not the cause. The cause is your thoughts about what's happening. So if you have 10 clients a day, that's your circumstance. And if 10 is too many or you can't keep up with 10, that is a thought. It's not the fact. The fact is you have 10. So the difficulty about using the thought model to coach yourself is it's very hard to step out of your brain. Because when I say seeing 20 clients a day is not stressful, and to you it really, really is, you are going to want to argue with me that that's a circumstance, not a thought. And I would argue to you that we all have a different capacity for seeing clients. We all think of it differently. And because I think of it differently than you think of it, doesn't make either one of us correct, but they're both valid thoughts. And they are both creating our feelings about our job. So one way that I like to use the model is I like to use the model to let go of our past. Because many of us are wrapped up in what happened yesterday or what happened 10 days ago or what happened three weeks ago. So when you think about your past and it's causing you present pain, basically what you're doing is indulging in thoughts about your past that are causing you current pain. So if somebody could flip a switch where you would forget everything that happened in your past, that would allow you to let go of those thoughts. So the reason that I know that this thought model works is if I think about something that happened in my past and it's causing me pain, I realize that my current pain is being created by my current thoughts about what happened in my past. And I know that sounds confusing and I know that sounds overwhelming, but that's great news. It's great news because the only pain about your past that you experience are the thoughts that you're creating for yourself in this present moment. So if I want to create a positive outlook on my past, I would just have to focus on all of the things that happened in my past that I feel or think positively about. So if I have good memories, I have good thoughts about things that happened in my childhood, and I just glommed on to all of those, then my current feelings about my past would be beautiful. If I relived all the terrible things that happened in my past, which is, by the way, what your chihuahua brain is going to want to do, that little negative part of your brain is going to want to do, then you're going to feel terrible about your past because you're thinking all the negative thoughts about your past. Does that make sense? I'm hoping that what I'm saying is creating some little light bulbs going off over your head. Now, the fact remains that about 90% of the things that you think are going to be involuntary. And so this exercise when you're doing the model is going to feel very taxing because a lot of the things that we're thinking are not created on purpose. Your brain is just throwing them out there. And the more negative you've been in the past and the more, or I should say the less work you've done on your brain, the more of those negative thoughts are going to slip through to the front of your brain. And that's that unconscious negative bias that we all have. And so we have these programmed thoughts that are negative. 
that cause us to feel negatively in a lot of circumstances. And then we have the deliberate thoughts that we're thinking on purpose. And so we're very programmed. We're very programmed towards negativity. And so the way that we start to look at what's going on in our head is we have to notice what we're thinking and then notice what those thoughts are creating in the way of feeling, action, and results. And then if we decide what we want our results to be, let's say I decide I want to be a happier person, I want to have more positive interactions in my life, or I want to create something concrete in my life that's positive, then I have to decide on purpose what I need to feel and what I need to think to create that result. So if I am 10 pounds overweight, and I've always been 10 pounds overweight, and I have been in this circumstance before where I struggled with my weight, that result that I have is created by the way I think. The actions that I'm taking are the overeating. I'm overeating for a reason to try to dampen some feeling that I have. And that feeling is created by some thoughts that I'm having. So if you can look at this model in a circular fashion, if you write it down linearly, it's a little bit harder to picture, but you can also write it down in a circle. So the circumstances at the top, which does not change, your thoughts, feelings, actions, and results are in this circular pattern. So if you want different thoughts, sometimes you can act your way back to a better feeling and a better thought. If you want better results, you need to change your thought. The beauty of it is you have control and you can change it. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit more on the next podcast because it's kind of a heady thing. And I know we've touched on it here and there on other podcasts, but I really want us to dig into the self-coaching model and really start to learn it because it's such an important tool that you can use at home, in your own life, on your own, in order to change your results, in order to change your thinking, in order to change your relationship with other people, with your job, with yourself. It's just amazing the power that your brain has to change. So for this week, just sit there and write all your thoughts on a piece of paper, look at them, examine them, analyze them, and think about where they're coming from. And pick out the facts from the thoughts. Because many of the things you write when you write down your thoughts that you're having or you do a thought download, many of the thoughts that you're having are just thoughts. They are not facts at all. And if you can pick out the things that are facts, you can get a little bit better perspective on how your brain is working. And you can start to learn so many things about yourself. You'll start to pick out beliefs that you have about yourself because many of your thoughts will relate back to those beliefs that you have. And you'll understand that they're not factual at all. They're just something that your brain has programmed into you for whatever reason, for something that happened in your past, for something that someone told you that you still remember, those programmed things that are in that little brain of yours, that little chihuahua, are controlling you. And they don't have to. And that's what's the beauty of this coaching model. So the circumstances are neutral. The thoughts, feelings, actions, and results are all within your control. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast today, my friends. I hope that wasn't too confusing. I feel like I get very passionate when I'm talking about this, and sometimes my brain is all over the place, but I really want you to learn this. This is an amazing tool. And if you want more information about it, send me an email, jacapeldvm at gmail.com. I'd love to talk about it with you. I'd love to send you a handout so you can work on some of these things at home. If you want to be coached, I'm open for coaching. I have many coaching programs that will apply to what's going on in your life. I'd love to hear from you. Send me some feedback on the podcast. I'd appreciate it. If you could give me a five-star review on iTunes, that would be amazing. That would be something that I would really appreciate. So please go do that. And I'll be happy to talk to you next week on the podcast where we're going to take this thought model thing a little bit further. We're going to work through some examples. I'm going to go through some of my own examples on my thought downloads this week. And we're going to really start to dig in to this self-coaching thing. So have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.